0: to turn in your Bibles to um, Ecclesiastes chapter 3. And while you're on your way there, um, I'm reminded in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26 through 28 that God created you in his image and in his likeness. And then in chapter 2 and verse 7, the Bible says that he made you, formed you, yet, or formed you out of the Dust of the earth and then breathed in you the breath of lives. And so you are first of all spiritual and then physical. And of course, back in that time, you could back in that time is just like this time. You can travel out of the natural and over into the realm of the spirit. The spirit realm is more real than what you can see, and it hasn't changed in all these years. We've we've been granted access again because Hebrews 2.10 says that he came to restore us back to glory, back to original intention so that you can walk with the Lord in the cool of the day. And, uh, you know, uh, Adam's prayer life was different than yours. He wasn't interceding for his nation. He wasn't um, praying for his needs to be met. He wasn't struggling with health issues. So in the cool of the day, I'm assuming that he just praised the Lord and said, Lord, I just saw something. I saw a new tree today. I saw the northern lights last night. Wow, God, those are awesome. And, you know, and uh, wow, I saw a new animal over on the east side of the garden. It was really spectacular. And when when I think about that, I think about Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Where when we get a revelation, the fact that we've already been blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavens in Christ, it'll change our prayer life, too. That doesn't mean that you won't be asking for things. You know, he says you have not because you ask not, you ask amiss. Uh, but but a, whole lot of, a whole lot of what prayer is, is not reciting scriptures, although we do that. I have a list of scriptures that we confess over ourselves on a regular basis. But really what prayer is, is fellowship. And so when uh, when I'm in fellowship with the wisest being in the
1: universe, I found that I don't need to be the one doing all the talking. So that will change your prayer life also. (laughs) You start to listen. But anyway, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 1,
0: it says that there's a time to every season, to every purpose under heaven. And, um, it reminded me a bunch of years ago, myself and Nancy and pastors, Steve and Shirley party. They went to a pastor's conference with us for the first time, and it may have been the only time they ever went. Uh, but their purpose in going is that they were hooked up, associated with a with a Christian organization, and they felt like their time was up, but they didn't know what to do next. And so they went to a pastor's conference looking for answers. And uh, because we got there on Wednesday or Wednesday, Saturday, rather, and and the pastor's conference didn't start until Tuesday. We got the opportunity to go to Eagle Mountain Church at 1030 on a Sunday morning. And Pastor George Pearsons came out, took the microphone, opened up the Bible and said, turn to Ephesians or Ecclesiastes, rather, chapter three and verse one. and started to talk about purpose and (laughs) answered Steve's. Question before he ever had to go to the pastors' conference. I mean, he had his answer that day, and and what that meant was like they they affiliated themselves with us a bunch of years ago, and we've been we've been tithing into their church, and they've been tithing into our church e- e- ever since. It's been a really good relationship, but I don't believe you have to go that far to hear from God. <laughs> no, and I believe you can hear from him tonight. You really can, you know. You, so, so, but you understand purpose, and the reason why we need to understand purpose is because, like we, we can read, and we, I, one of my favorite verses is Colossians two and verse ten, that we are complete in Him, who's the head of all principality and power. And so that's, so, so because I live in two places, because I'm here on the earth, but now I'm learning more and more how to step over into the realm of the spirit, so the things on the earth don't bug me. How many of you know there's lots of things that could bug you right now? I mean, you, you, Facebook, forget it. You, you, you know, you get upset. You know, and, and we forget that the majority of people are, are, and I don't care what color, what creed you are, the majority of people aren't living lawless lives, aren't rioting, none of that. The, 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 they're They're whole. The majority still respect the police department, even though the police department has some bad people. I've been in church for twenty eight, thirty. Like I've, no, no. there's some bad people in church. <laughs> Might shock y'all, but <laughs> but but you know. So really need to focus on whatsoever things are true, pure, just, virtuous, praiseworthy, and of a good report, and then tr- try to have understanding and compassion. On people that have different viewpoints, and, and that's a struggle sometimes, especially when they're so uh, left-wing,. Um, anyway, anyway but, so, but, but I mean, Colossians 2:10 says, "I'm completing him." So in the spirit realm, that's true. But in the natural realm, I have been going through a process. How many of you are going through a process? <laughs> you know, in the spirit realm, you're completing him. But in the natural realm, you're still walking through some things still. It's kind of like when I think about it, I think about a baby. You know, I'm an adult, just as much a, a human being when I'm in the crib as I am today standing here. But there is a process of growing up. And if you get a growth spurt, you get growth, you know, pains in your joints and things like that. Or if you get older, you could get some pains in your <laughs> joints, too. They tell me. I'm not claiming any, but. But but there's but there's a process of even though you're complete, there's a growing, there's a growing up, and how far you go is determined by how far you grow because we have found that God has a God has a purpose to everything. There is a purpose. So you were created on purpose. God has a purpose for your life, and. The reason why there's so many suicides, the reason why there's so many unhappy people is because they haven't discovered their purpose. Now, I use this illustration all the time. as my illustration, so I can use it again if I want to. You come across a canoe sitting by the river. You've never seen one before, but you see it, realize that it floats, and beside it is a guitar. And so you're assuming that the way that you propel this thing is with a guitar. And so, sure enough, you, you make it cross to the other side. And uh, if you've never seen anybody play a guitar, you're thinking, well, that's, that's its purpose. But when you discover what the purpose really is, then, like, I watched Joey, for example, throw everything else aside and spend hours a day, you know, kicking around his bedroom playing his guitar while other people were out doing other things because, because it was a part of his purpose. And so he had a passion for it. And so discovering purpose is something that I think Moses, like well, Moses is a good example because he was 80 before he really got after it. But when you think about it, this is June 2020. And 2020, when you, when you look in the Hebrew, the, the word for the letter for 20 is, it, it's K-A-F or K-O-P-H, so you can calf K-A-F or K-O-P-H. And it's a hand. But when you put 20 and 20 together, it's your hand reaching into God's hand. And so that's why after the 40 years in the wilderness, they came out and ate the fruit of the land that year. So part of 2020 is moving from, like, everything that you were familiar with, you just watched it fall apart to the point where some of those things will never recover. You know, because even sports have become so political, I don't want to watch them anymore. Lost total interest in, in, because it's not a game anymore. It's a a chance to preach your doctrine, right? So, but all of those things happen. But then when you get to 80, Moses came back into his promise at 80, and the calendar, (laughs) the Hebrew calendar right now is 5780. Now, that doesn't mean, I saw somebody on Facebook saying, well, That means we've got 220 years before the end of the year. No, their calendar is probably not accurate, just like our Gregorian calendar uh, could be off. But their calendar is off because they they dated everything based on what king was in power at the time. And they missed several of the Persian, Medo-Persian kings. So they don't know what year it is. And we don't know what year it is. But God knows what year it is, and when He's talking about talking about fifty-seven, eighty, eighty is the letter where you, it's the, it starts with the letter "Pay," where you get Pesach, where, where you get Passover, and "Pay." If you look at it in the Hebrew letters, it's shaped like a mouth, and what He's saying is is now that we've had this pandemic Passover, the first real Passover that I've ever experienced, where we were forced to stay in our houses and plead the blood of Jesus, right? Now that we've had that, now this 5780, this 80 is now you begin to to speak anew and declare your destiny, declare your purpose on this earth. Because we're talking about, we talked about it on Sunday, global glory. As surely as I live, my glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. The knowledge of the glory, and that's not, that's not mental ascent. That's a revealed knowledge of his glory covering the earth. And so, And so the biggest, and here's the thing, when you think about
1: purpose, let me give you the definition for purpose. How about that? It's the action, the proper function for which a person or thing exists.
0: So, the proper function for a guitar is to have a skilled musician play it or an unskilled musician learn it. The process. The process. You see somebody else skillfully playing, and you don't pick it up that day and do the same thing, but there's a process. Paul Wilson started beating pots and pans under the sink at home before he ever got to the drums. Why? Because it was a part of his purpose. I, I bet you've been playing drums as long as you can remember. Yeah, see? But it was, a part, it was a part of, see, when, like, first of all, God identifies purpose, and then he raises somebody up to fulfill that purpose. So the purpose comes first, and then you come. So when he created you, he had a purpose for you. And you might be sitting here thinking, well, I don't know my purpose. Well, you're about to discover it. (laughs) No, no, because on purpose, he had you in this generation. And on purpose, he filled you with his Holy Spirit, and he has a plan for your life, and it's not based on your ability.
1: It's based on you going through the process. So, So, it's the proper function for which a person or a thing exists. Proper fit, duty, mission. It even means to take aim.
0: And when you think about it, this is, when you think about this, think about Romans eight and verse 28, that you were called according to all things are working together for your good because you were called according to his purpose. So he has a purpose for your life And you've been in the process. Moses discovered, partially discovered his purpose when he was 40 years old. He realized that he was supposed to deliver the people Israel. But how many of you know he went out and tried to do it on his own because he hadn't gone through the process? Because he hadn't gone through the process, he wasn't able to fulfill his purpose. It took 40 years on the backside of the desert for him to to, uh, go through the process so that he could finish his purpose, his plan. And so lots of times we're looking, thinking, God has a purpose for you. And he wants you to know what it is, and then he wants you to die to get it.
1: Romans 8:28. How about Jeremiah 1 and verse 5? Can we go there? Look at this. Jeremiah 1 and verse 5. Are you there? Before. Now, when you're reading this, think about Ephesians 1 and verse 4. Called you before the foundation of the world also. Had a purpose
0: for you. So it says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you.
1: Where? In heaven. He knew him in heaven before he ever deployed him to the earth. He knew him in heaven before he even formed. He, He knew him as a spirit. Ephesians chapter, or
0: Ephesians, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, his, God's image and his likeness, it wasn't until chapter 2 and verse 7 that he gave him a human body, but he had, he was created a spirit being before he ever was put in flesh, and so were you. you can you prove that? Yeah, I can, but we'll get to it. He said, before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified, I separated you, and I ordained you, that's the word purposed you, I ordained you a prophet to the nations.
1: Wow. Then if you'll read John chapter 1, let's go to John chapter 1. So many unhappy
0: people because they're not pursuing their purpose. haven't discovered it. But when you discover it, you put all your energy to bear on it when you recognize that there's a process, when you recognize Second Corinthians three eighteen that you're going to be changed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus or into the place of purpose that he has for you, that, that you're going to go through seasons of change and you're going to go through much discomfort. I know you're thrilled by that. But, but look at this. Look at John chapter 1, verse 8. Talking about John the Baptist, he said he was not that light, but he was sent to bear witness of the light that which the true light would come, Jesus, which lights every man that comes into the world. And I know I've taught this verse before because I have seen, I have seen pregnant women that were, you know, messed up on drugs. And when they got pregnant, they still had that glow on their face because something from heaven was being deposited on the earth being deployed. So it doesn't even matter how you were born or what your circumstances were. God ordained you, gave you a purpose. You might, you might've thought you were illegitimate. No, you're a part of God's plan. That's what makes abortion so horrendous. 1.3 million people last year Want to riot about something. 1.3 million babies aborted last year in the United States. I don't know what it is in Canada, but those are, those were, Put in earth on purpose by God, and the devil can't stand it. You know, if, if that's, have you ever been attacked by the enemy yourself? No, could it be because it's about your purpose? Could it be to discourage you away from your purpose? He lights every man or every woman that comes into the world. Well, with that in mind, you can't help but go into Ephesians chapter 1.
1: Like, when I get a hold of verse 3 and really grasp it, when I really grasp it, I have proven God in things. I remember, you know, and again, please don't think I'm I'm bragging.
0: I'm just using examples that, like, I think eight or ten years ago, Nancy and I started double tithing and doubled up on our mortgage. And that wasn't because we had a great income increase or anything like that. It was what we covenanted covenanted together to do. And while God honored those steps of faith, but really when I look back at it, it, I thought it was my idea, but it was his because he has a, he has a, you know, you talk about destiny. He has a destination in mind for all of us. And I know for sure that I have not fulfilled my purpose.
1: And therefore, the devil can't kill me because I'm not done. You know, Paul, the apostle said, I finished the course.
0: But then when you, when you read Paul's life, you know, he said, I was perplexed. I was knocked down. I was cast down, but not destroyed. He was going through a process. He, he got a great grasp on the grace of God, but it took years for him to discover the love of God. That's why somebody said it was 20 or 25 years later that he wrote Galatians chapter two and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. That was his goal. This one thing I do forgetting in those things that are behind, I'm pressing on toward the next marker point. Not that I've have apprehended, but I'm looking to apprehend the one that has apprehended me. He goes on to say he had a purpose and he was, he was pursuing it for his whole life. But at the end of the day, he said, I I finished my course. That's powerful. But look, it says, if you've really been blessed by God the Father, who has already blessed you with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies, then I'm thinking that's when your confession comes in Romans 4.17, calling those things to be not as though they were. You're calling those things because in in order to function in your purpose, everything that you need to fulfill your purpose must already be there. And so if it's there, just because I can't see it, the eyes of my understanding, when they get enlightened, then I can see what I need to fulfill my purpose, and it'll be there. It'll be there. Like I remember when we hired Pastor Paul. He pursued his purpose to the point where he was just at church all the time. I mean, you, you, I mean we had to hire him. And when we hired him, we didn't have
1: the money to hire him. So, but when we hired him, guess what? The money came, and so and then for
0: years we operated like that, and then a few years ago we stalled out in all of that. And we started being bean counters and started counting, you know. And there's nothing wrong with having a budget, but don't let ever let the budget control your flow of the spirit of God. Real faith is like we don't have the money right now, but we're going to do it anyway. No, that's real faith. Real faith is it. Okay, now I'm not talking foolishness, but I know like. Matter of fact, when you're going to do something, if you've already got what you need, you don't need any faith to operate in it. So it's time to get back to radical believing because this is the, this is, this is, this is the door to the biggest revival the world has ever seen. I remember Seymour back, back in the day, back in the day, was it 1909, 1910, or whenever, the, the, the Azusa Street Revival. He said 100 years from now, the biggest revival the world's ever seen is going to happen. Well, that was about, you know, just a little over hundred and some odd years. Like, we're, we're there now. And how many prophets have you heard saying the same thing? Oh, I know there's doom and gloomers out there, but they don't read their Bible. Because when you read your Bible, this year didn't start out the way that we thought it would, but, it, but you know what? It didn't surprise God. God had a purpose in what he allowed to happen. And if anything,
1: anyway, so let's, let's read on here. So, so I've already been blessed with everything. So, so also to make his to make his promises
0: future would be to violate the laws of faith, because faith is now. Now faith is the substance. Things all for the evidence. Things not yet yet seen. So everything in the spirit realm has already been provided, but now I'm going to go through the process of walking it out on this earth. Right. Does it make sense? I hope this is helping somebody. But look at this. He said, verse 4, he has chosen us. In So, so you've been chosen by him. Therefore, you've been predestinated or predestined. You have a purpose to, on being here. And the devil would like to thwart your purpose by getting you focused on all the wrong things. But when you keep your focus on walking with him in the cool of the day, and trust in Him when everything contrary is going on. David said in Psalm three, "I won't be afraid of ten thousands of people that have compassed around about me. My, God's my glory and the lifter of my head." He says, "He's my glory. He'll lift me up." So, according to his, He has has is that the notice that's past tense to has chosen us in Him before, before. The foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Okay, having predestinated mm, us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He, He has made you accepted in the beloved.
1: But he predestined. What does predestinate it mean? It means to determine beforehand. It means to ordain. It also means to
0: lead by the hand, or or to or to move someone toward their
1: goal. So God wants to move you toward your goal. Revelation thirteen. We don't need to go there, but verses
0: eight and nine. It says that that the Lamb of God, Jesus, was slain from the foundation of the world. So his purpose, his purpose, his purpose was redemption all the way. His purpose was to redeem you so that you could get on with your purpose. Adam and Eve had purpose. They lost their purpose. They lost their function. But the captain of our salvation came to restore many sons. Back to glory, back to God's original intent and his original intent. If you'll notice, even when Jesus was ascending to heaven, he said to Mary in the garden, don't touch me. I've not ascended to my father. He had to go and pour the blood out on the heavenly mercy seat because Adam's sin reached heaven. Why? Because he could. But now you can. No, Ephesians 2.6 is true you're seated in heavenly places in Christ and you can take your seat there anytime you want to, but but you step out of your circumstances and over into the realm of the spirit. Don't let circumstances overwhelm you. Why? Because these light afflictions, which are but for a moment, Paul said are nothing compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us. Light afflictions, but for a moment, temporal things subject to change. I'm the Lord and I change not, he said. I love what he said. He said, I am light. In me, there is no darkness, no variableness, no shadow of turning. That's what I pray over myself now. Thank you, Lord, that I am light. In me, there's no darkness, no variableness, no shadow of turning. No any darkness, let the eye be single and full of light.
1: Then over in Isaiah chapter 46, we got to go there. He says, remember not the former things. No, actually, in this case, he says, remember the former things of old.
0: For I am God, and there's no one else. I am God, and there's none like me. I declare the end from the beginning, from the ancient times, the things that are done, saying, my counsel shall stand, and I I will do all of my pleasure. So he's saying that he's called these things that are even... They've all, they're not they haven't been done in the natural, they haven't fulfilled, they haven't gone through the process, but in his mind
1: everything's already been done. You are complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. Hallelujah. I'm going back to the book of Revelation. I want to look at that. Verse eight. Revelation 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not ri-
0: whose whose names are not written in the book of life, from the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. All those that dwell on the earth shall worship him,
1: whose names are not written in the book of life. The, lame found the lamb from the foundation of the world. That's really powerful, isn't it? It's
0: really powerful to think that people that have never known him will worship him. I don't want to take that out of his context. I'm looking here, so I want to read the next verse. If any man has an ear to hear, let him hear. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed by the sword. He is the patience and the faith of the saints. Wow. The book of Revelation is a serious book. Aren't you glad that you're going to miss chapter four? Through chapter 19, you're not going to participate. It's awesome.
1: Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going through the process right now. (laughs) I don't fear the process, but I look back and I realize, well, let's go to Luke chapter. Let's go to Luke's gospel. And I think it's in chapter 22. 22.
0: What I have learned, I look back over my 28 years of ministry, but probably
1: 40 years as a Christian. And I know for sure that I could have been a lot further along. And I'm not
0: talking about how many people you have in the church or anything like that. I don't think about that anymore because in John chapter 6, when the Lord Jesus himself, the greatest preacher that ever lived, began to call on commitment, they all walked away. He said, you're here because I fed you the, the 5,000. He said, he, "He said, but now that I'm talking in covenant with you, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have nothing to do with me. They all walked away. And then he turned to his disciples as well and said, you want to go too? Why? Because he was so sure of his purpose. His purpose was to redeem. And so I, I think when we first started the church, I wanted, I wanted a big church. And then... After we had a couple of hundred people, I wasn't sure I wanted a big church anymore because big churches have bigger problems. But one day I realized, no, I realized it a bunch of days. He's more interested in what you become than what you accomplish. Because what you, need, what you and I need to do in order to fulfill the process is how willing are you to die to yourself, deny yourself pick up the cross and follow me. Denying yourself means I don't have my own selfish ambition anymore. My ambition is what would you have me do, sir? That's called
1: pursuing your purpose. And that's the process. And Jesus himself had to do this. I mean, everything is complete in heaven and on earth. We just read in revelation 13 and
0: verse eight that he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world Nevertheless,
1: it all started in a garden. It had to end in a garden. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve did what they wanted to do. In the Garden of Gethsemane,
0: Jesus said, I don't want to have those spikes driven through my hands and my feet. I don't want to have a crown of thorns knocked down on my head. I don't want to be whipped to human hamburger meat, but most of all, I don't want Gary Hooper's sin covered on me, because the fourth thing that I'm going to say from the cross when Hooper's sin hits me is, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Because he looked away from Jesus and looked toward me because Jesus took my sin, and he and and, and that we think it was the physical agony. No, it's the spiritual. Even when you're dealing with physical things, everything in the, in the natural starts out in the spirit. I don't care if it's a physical, fic, you know, sin, sickness, Satan, they're all synonymous terms. Th- those things begin in the spirit realm. There's something wrong in the spirit realm that's manifest in, in the natural realm. And maybe I'm bucking against my process. I, I, you know, m- maybe I'm still trying to
1: do things my way. Maybe I'm trying to do his word my way. But here is, and I've
0: been to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus only went once. Cooper's been there on
1: a bunch of occasions. Matter of fact, I was there yesterday morning. Right, Nancy? Don't tell. Okay. Verse 41, Luke 22. He withdrew them about a stone's
0: throw away and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you be willing,
1: remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And this is called, just like
0: there's the laws of gravity and laws of thermodynamics and all of those things, this is called the law of process because everything was complete in the spirit realm. He was already slain from the foundation of the world, but the, he had to go through the process. Just in the, just like in the natural, a child has to grow to the age where they get to be 16. They, all of a sudden, they want to drive the vehicle and all of those kind of things, but it's a process that they go through. That's why having you know kids decide what gender they are and some of the nonsense that's out there today. I mean, uh, uh, your brain is not even fully developed until, they, but they tell me now until you're 20 or 21 years old. So until you're 20 or 21 years old, you probably, you know, I, I always use the word adolescence
1: is less sense than an adult. Because I was an adolescent until I was 30 years old. And
0: I still regress from time to time. <laughs> But the law of process. I'm going to talk about this uh, for not on Sundays. On Sundays, we're sticking with the glory. But I'll talk about this some more because as I talk you through it, I'm talking myself through it also. Identifying. Then, am I really? Am I really doing love God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving my neighbor as myself? Or are, are there still some selfish things that rise up? Is there still some pride? Because God opposes the proud. And gives grace to the humble. I've got enough things to deal with. I don't need to be dealing with God being opposed to me because of pride. How about you? So it's just yielding to God. And, and if He's really and truly blessed me with all the spiritual blessings in the heavens in Christ, my prayer life is, is totally changed. Totally changed. Now I understand. 5780, don't lose those numbers. 2020, my hand reaching into his hand. At this, from Passover all the way to Pentecost and beyond and and then the letter pay in the number 5780 80 is when Moses returned back into back to, to deliver them but it, but and it mean it is Pesach but it's a month and it's it's what he's saying is this is a year for you to declare your destiny you so so you find out what it is that God's called you to do, and then you begin to declare those blessings upon your life. When you think about it, he said, "Deuteronomy." I'm closing with this, Deuteronomy thirty nineteen. he said, I've set before you this day life and blessing, death and cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. He's
1: talking about our everyday conversation. He's talking about if it's not a blessing, don't say it. If I'm not
0: speaking life, what am I speaking? There's either life and death are in the power of the tongue. If I'm not speaking life over somebody, then I'm speaking by virtue, of just the reciprocal. If I'm not speaking life, I'm speaking death. And I don't know, but my Bible says, if I order my conversation, I'll see the salvation of God. I'll see the salvation of God. So I repent right now in front of everybody. I repent. If I've said anything negative or wrong against anybody,
1: in this church, in this city. God bless JT. Justin Trudeau, for those of you that don't know the initials. You see, there's work to be done. If it's not a blessing, it's a curse.
0: Up my mouth. That's why he said, don't have bitter water and sweet water in the same fountain or salt water and fresh. He said, or the tree, make sure that the fruit is good in the tree. Make the the fruit. You're a good tree, so make sure the good tree is bringing forth love, joy, peace, long-suffering. He told you what the fruit was. Gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Against such there is no law. So, forgiving one another and forbearing one another, even as Christ forgave, we forgive. Questions, chapter 3.
1: I forgive you. Please forgive me. I forgive you. Please forgive me. Amen.